Welcome, my friends, to Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat, the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about the peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up from them. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, and by the end of the show, we're going to find our sweet spot. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? want to welcome you to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Today's guest is a two-time Paralympian mindset coach, TEDx speaker. We're going to hear so much about James Roberts. How you doing, James? I'm very well, thank you, Dave, and thanks again for having me on. Yeah, no, I'm honored. Well, first, you know, I, I had mentioned about Paralympics, and I learned something at my last with one of my last guests, Dylan, uh, the difference between the Special Olympics and Paralympics. And I, I didn't know it, and I, I apologize for not knowing that, but that's the great thing about learning. Could you explain to us, you know, really, what it makes you become a, a Paralympian? Well, the only, the, 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 I think the similarities, obviously, is, is, is the disability. So be it Special Olympics is learning uh, disabilities, and up until... Or recently, obviously, they'd been excluded from the Paralympics uh, because of, um, I'm trying not to get this wrong, it had been the Sydney Games where the Spanish team sent a, um, it's an S14 classification, which is the for the, for the um, mental disabilities. And obviously, there'd been journalists embed themselves in the team to kind of showcase cheating. Um, and they'd been banned up until I think it was. And don't quote me on this. I think it's 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 either London 2012 or Rio 2016 that they were back into the games. And the only difference, be it between the those ones that are in the Paralympics and the ones that are Special Olympics, is one of the Special Olympics are a little bit more uh, disabled in terms of they've got more. Uh, needs whereas maybe the ones that are in the Paralympics you probably wouldn't be able to tell as much it's just that you've got to maybe give more information to that individual whereas the rest of the Paralympic I can't speak whereas the rest of the Paralympic movement is relatively very easy to to see it's it's, it'll be visual impairments uh, physical impairments like myself which are users cerebral palsy so they're generally speaking disabilities that have been from birth and, and obviously you're going to have those that have acquired maybe spinal injuries or amputations later in life because of a traumatic experience yeah no and that's the uh, one of the incredible parts much uh, you know that you've had this your entire life you've you've battled your, your entire life like this and you've been pushing yourself the whole time you know, uh, I, I think uh, you shared on your TEDx that your mom said, do you want to be very good or absolutely useless? And, you know, there's a motivation in, in, in that. And um, how do you motivate yourself? Because being a Paralympian, you know, a two-time Paralympian, you know, it's not, that means you not only did you make it that first time, you continue to motivate. And I'd love to hear the story about that. Well, it's that, but it's that initial buzz. Uh, the first the first one has the... the uh, and I've reshared the the video quality. It shows how old the video is, but I reshared it not too long ago, like the behind the scenes at, at my first Paralympics. And to give some people some context, once it was the closing ceremony, 
I got the bug. It's like, oh, I, li- I like these two weeks. That was my mo- that was enough motivation to do it again. It's like, I want to do it again. How I'm gonna get there, I don't know. But hey, let's 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 see where it takes us. And in terms of the motivation, initially, I I've always been sporty as a kid. I've al- I've always been around those individuals. Sport has been front and center and probably much the holy grail uh if it it came down to it so i think it was only a natural progression that i i I got into high level sport um if you'd asked me probably 20 years ago would i've made the paralympics i'd probably i'd probably laughed at you (laughs) in, in seriousness um because it was something that was like it was so far out of reach. It's like, well, I think this is a luxury that the kids nowadays have got. They've got social media, they've got Instagram, they've got TikTok. They can see these individuals up close in the flesh. So it's within touching distance. You can ask these individuals questions. But you rewind back to my days, and okay, yeah, yeah it's about 20, yeah, 20 years ago, it was only a highlight. A two-hour program on TV for 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 Paralympics. So it's come a long way in twenty years. But my motivation for me, David, I always wanted to be an athlete. I I, I had this idea of either being a professional basketball player or playing uh, soccer at high level. And up until probably when I became a teenager, it's like this is that this this aspirational goal you have is unrealistic. It's not attainable. So I had to reevaluate it, and I'm going to say it was a chance meeting, poolside. Uh, as a 15 year old, my, one of my coaches approached me one day, "Have you thought about doing disability sport?" I didn't know what to say because, like, up until the age of probably about 16, I'd always competed in able-bodied sports. So for me, it's an unknown, and to a certain extent, it was a challenge because it's like, well. Are you saying I can't compete with able-bodied people? I know I compete with, within reason. I'm I'm not being unrealistic uh, that people are going to beat me. And that's one of the reasons my mom did put me into swimming, that I couldn't have people run rings around me. But I was, I looked down upon probably the Paralympics back then as well. I was like, well, it's not getting the credit it's deserved. The word in itself means parallel to the Olympics. 20 years ago, it was far from that. Um, and that's a realistic statement. So for me, looking at it, it's like, well, it's not getting the coverage that it deserves. Why should I give it credit? Um, but I let it stew over. Uh, waited probably a couple of weeks. Approached my head coach, uh, who was also coaching off base, and he knew of a coach who was disabled himself, coaching an able-bodied uh, club and they gave me the contact details and pretty much the rest is history. That's awesome. I mean, not only were you open to it, you know, obviously not at the beginning, you, you know, because you wanted to, and, and not saying it the right way, but be like everybody else, but you weren't a, a fully able-bodied. Well, so because this is uh, on one on video as well and people might not know you, what are your challenges? What were your challenges, that your physical challenges that you, you were facing? Oh, it depends day to day. Um, I wear a prosthetic l- leg, so most people would be 
uh, aware of that now because of the Paralympics and it's kind of been amputation and people wearing prosthetic limbs kind of been normalized it's like oh it's 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 no big deal it's like hey you take it off you take put another one on and, and away you go in your so for me if we backtrack to to give what exactly the actual disability is is i'm missing uh, my femur bone so i don't have the top portion of my thigh bone and i've got a small tibia and fib which is the bottom section of the leg so i have my uh what is below the knee attached to my hip so it's for me growing up it was weird because nobody was like me and it wasn't until i actually came across and immersed myself into to the the, the paralympic movement Ah, oh, starting to see everybody, people that are similar to me. Okay, I'm not unique. There are other people like me. And obviously that's probably when I started to embrace it a lot more. It's like, well, there's people like me. You can obviously have a conversation bit and talk about your experiences up until that point. And it, it, it probably normalized it to me. It's okay. I don't need to hide it away. I don't need to look at it in a certain way of, wanting to be anything but disabled it's like hey it's given me obviously now i reflect 20 years on it's given me a sporting career it's given me a platform it's given me access to come on uh your show the door pretty much swings wide open but if it's not for having that disability most of that doesn't happen well it's also you embracing your own authenticity I think that's the you know part of that, and I know during uh, your talk you talked about procrastination perfection. So right, we all stop ourselves uh, because we have to wait for that that perfect moment. But as you know, there might not be a perfect moment, but it's that perfect it's that moment that we have that that growth moment. And it sounds like you had that growth moment when you found the Paralympic movement. Well, I think I, I I I was willing to to own it. I I think I was looking for any solution in the past to be normal. Mm-hmm. I think now, as an adult, what is normal that doesn't exist? Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a disability of some kind, whether or not they want to admit to that. Uh, I have a physical one. I can't hide away from it. Um, pretty much now, I think somebody asked me a couple of weeks ago on another podcast, "Do you wear shorts all the time?" Pretty much, uh, I, I don't think um, I'm going to maybe change that because we've got a cold front coming in at the moment, and, it's, and it's, it feels like January, not April. Um, so that, that that puts into question. But I'm I'm not afraid to to wear to wear shorts. Hey, if people want to ask me questions, fire away. If you've got something that you want answered, hey, I don't care. Um, I'm more than open to, to for you to have a greater awareness. And for you get a greater understanding. It it does annoy me when pe- parents probably pull their kids away when they want to ask. And they're always going to be inquisitive. So uh, I think the last time that happened, the parent actually told the person to shut up. It's like, I've got no problem to ask answer the question. Okay, for the f- I'll give some sympathy to that parent. I had a mask on, so you can't tell I would have been open to, to answer that question. Because you can't. Of he he wants to ask why that person got a robot leg. Mm-hmm. I can roll with that any way I want to. <laughs> I can make some humor out of it, but that's because I've come to accept and embrace 
that I'm different. I'm quite happy to be the person on the per- to the periphery if it helps other people to kind of go, okay, he's comfortable with what he's got. How d- how does he achieve that? And obviously that's taken probably a decade to be to be really really comfortable with it um because it was challenging as a te- well, for any teenagers it's, it's it's traumatic anyway but right once you're different as a teenager it's going to be a, a huge challenge and you know no matter what you are you know if you if you're different if if all of your friends look like this and you don't look like that it's going to be different and including you had the extra challenge of your, your 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 physical body wasn't what everybody else was, but you also were talking about playing soccer. Let's I I don't want that to be left aside. That uh, somebody with a prosthetic leg and and needed challenges by not having the all the physical pieces that a, an able bodied person has. He wasn't you know James wasn't sitting back and going okay I'm going to do that. He focused on the right things. I mean. I, I want to make sure everybody hears his story and the impact of his story is he didn't let his, uh, how he was, how he was brought in, his authenticity, you know, hold him back. He actually is embracing that. How do you focus on the right things? Well, that's a great question, Dave. How do I, fo- that's, I think everybody's got a problem with that. They lose focus. They, they, their attention is, I think we're in a world that, we're easily to get distracted. So how do I stay focused? Uh, I lose my way from time to time or lose uh, focus on, you know, the important things because, oh, something's shiny over here. Let's go look, let's go look at that. Um, so it does happen to me as well. Uh, I think when I was younger, I had those blinkers on because I was going to stop at nothing. Um, um, my family would probably even say to this day, I've still got some aspect of that self-centeredness. Uh, it was pretty much tunnel vision, head down, poof, and, and and away we go. And obviously, if you, if I only looked at it two ways, I look at it three ways now. But back then, I'm going to give you two choices: you step aside, or I run you over. And it was that was simple. Whereas maybe I would give somebody another ultimatum as an adult: Do you want to come on? For, do you want to jump on but on the on my on my back and ride the co- my coattails? Um, but back then I didn't give people choice. It's move out of the way. I'm coming through, and you've got two choices: you you step aside or I ru- I run you down. So the focus was oh, probably laser focused. I, I did lose sight of it from from time to time where. Uh, my mother was probably a prominent figure in in in, in me succeeding initially. Uh, I think I was in my senior year in high school, uh, and I wanted to be with my friends and go to a tournament. She's like, "No, who who pays? Who pays you?" And the answer was back then, British swimming. You're going to swim in this competition. And that's the end of the end of the debate. I wasn't very happy because I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Um, but as an adult, I agree fully with what she said because it's like she's it's 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 absolutely right. Because ultimately, yes, I'm paid by that governing body, but that's my that's my livelihood that I want to aspire to. Right, we, we, you need to fo- you need to make the right choice and focus on what's an important thing. Yes, you wanna hang out with your friends and you want to be cool that's 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 great 
but that's not the priority that you wanted. I didn't want to hear that at 19 years old, but it's the truth. It's like, that's what I wanted to go. And I got my own way initially. And my mom said, no, you're not going to that tournament. Don't care what you say. You're going to swim at this competition because you've got to get your priorities right. Right, you always I did okay in that championship. I got a couple more gold medals. <laughs> um, but I was talking to her a couple of days ago about it. It'd be interesting to see what was behind the eyes of that person. Mm. I might be smiling in the picture, but what am I thinking? I don't know, but it would be interesting to to step back into that reality and thinking, what are my processes? Yes, I've, I've done very well. Yes, but do I really want to be somewhere else? Well, that's the important part is, you know, keeping that focus. And sometimes we lose focus. Uh, it's very easy, right? There's so many distractions, as you said, and I, I mentioned about the, the shiny objects. Uh, we, we get it. And, and, you know, as a teenager, we definitely don't understand all the shiny objects. And uh, there's just way too many, especially in today's world. So how do you currently use your motivation and, and, and focus on to make sure that you're not chasing a, a shiny object but to stay true to yourself kind of like how mom said <laughs> i think now it's, it's i've got a great great support network of be it my peers uh my business coach my family my clients my, my audience of the amputee community they put things into perspective because ultimately it doesn't matter what i want to talk about as, well, as much as I'd like to hear my sound, sound of my own voice. But if they don't want to listen, i got a massive problem. So my focus is to, to educate, first and foremost, to give people the, the missing gaps, the the things that are missing for that community, because it's there's if it's not they've been let down by the industry that I work in, it's... They've been told they can't do this, that, or the other. That irritates me because it's like, well, if that individual was to say that to me, I wouldn't take that as gospel. It'd be, okay, why are you creating red tape when there doesn't need to be any? It's, it's, you're just either scared because you're out of your depth, and there are, there are fitness professionals that won't even approach me in the gym. I don't know why, because I'm not an intimidating figure, but... I guess because my knowledge is so good, so I won't say perfect, but it's pretty good because of 10 years in sports. I've been pretty much living in a gym since I was I was allowed to. So my experience and, and trial and error is probably greater than maybe somebody that's never stepped foot in a gym before, but maybe before the, the amputation. So I won't take, I'll listen to people when they say, well, why do you do this and not do that? I've not thought about that brings a great whereas if you're not having that approachability it's like well I don't, I don't i don't i don't know what to take of your view so for me that it's it's a focus that recenters me because it's like well okay i might look to problem solve with something shiny because it's like well, okay things aren't going particularly well let's do something drastic that never works because Ultimately, um, and I've seen this video loads of times, it's based on um, about studying, about you know taking breaks and, and taking a step back. So there's nothing wrong with doing 30 minutes, as, as, as the video would say, take five minute break, 30 minutes, as opposed to slogging it out and spending 
hours revising or studying how you really want to call it and you take nothing in right for me when i saw that i was like my head nearly exploded because it's like ah, no wonder when i was in high school i'd be staring up at the walls or the ceiling because because i've i've i think the system doesn't help because they don't tell you to revise to, to study as you go on you, you 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 have a test exam at the end you do at the end it's too late because you, you're already playing catch up whereas you look at the nerds or the smart kids they're doing that all year long but they get judged oh that's not cool right it, it's but, but it's probably the best it's the better way to do it because ultimately come the test or the exam all you're doing is reviewing the, the information as opposed to doing like me studying some of the information might come in um some of it might not and obviously once that exam's done you take on the next information and you don't maybe you might might even not retain that information so the focus for me is bringing back and reviewing stuff it's it's, it's looking at what are people what's my audience telling me that they want to learn about so get them involved in terms of well Yes, it's my business, but if I can get more and more people engaged, that they they are tangibles and and without them there's not going to be success. Hey, it brings greater success because if I ask you, Dave, what you want to learn about, you're going to be invested to want to stick around. Right, and it's that consistency. So like you said about the nerds or even, even, you know, People who work out every day. It's about consistency. You can't just work out, you know, once and go, okay, I'm done. I'm here, right? You don't go to school once. And you're right. Even in school, when we were going to school, you know, the learning is everybody learns differently. So you might need breaks earlier, but that doesn't mean that, you know, again, when you're working out, right, you might work hard for for 20 minutes straight, 10-minute rest, and then go back for another 20 minutes. We'll be back in a moment. Hi there, I'm Lainey. And I'm Estella. And we're interrupting this podcast because we have a question for this audience. Do you or someone you know live with a disability or a chronic condition? If yes, you're not alone. One in five people in the U.S. do. We're the hosts of the Embrace It podcast, where we share tips, tools, and inspiration for everyday living with all types of disabilities. Our interviews with badass disability advocates will boost your confidence in all areas of life, including travel, fashion, relationships, career, and more. So walk or roll on over to your favorite podcast player and subscribe to Embrace It with Lainey and Estella. And now back to the show you were listening to, another great show produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. You're listening to Peace, Love, and Bring It Back with me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky. So how do you keep balance? What what brings you into that balance? Well, the one that probably keeps me grounded, Dave, is remembering I can't look after I can't look after other people if I don't look after myself. So there's that fine line between you know work, 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 but if I don't take care of my body physically, mentally, emotionally, hey, 
it's very hypocritical of me to say to other people, hey, how much weight have you lost this week? How are you feeling emotionally? How are you feeling mentally and emotionally this week? If they if they say bad, I can't really say anything if I'm not doing that myself. So what keeps me balanced is is probably now I've re reestablished that love for sport. So sport is not a chore. Um, you wouldn't have to force me to go to practice anymore. It would, there was come a time maybe five years ago, maybe a little bit longer, because I wasn't playing as much. Oh gosh, what, what's the point? What's the point? Of rocking up to practice. I'm not going to get the minutes. I'm not taking responsibility at that particular moment in time. Whereas now it's like, okay, the hard work is there. You enjoy going. Some respite. There's, and you're talking about balance. There's, uh, we don't have practice tonight. We normally practice tonight as we record on Tuesday. That's some respite for me from, from work. Cause it's like for these three, say three, four hours, you can't get hold of me. It's it's my day finishes at this particular time. It's it's got to be pretty urgent if I look at it. Then I might look at messages just to say, like to prioritize after I finish to kind of go. Well, I could wait till tomorrow. Maybe I need to respond to that now. Uh, but that won't be a case of it's like down tools normally in about an hour and a half, and then I'll pick up about tomorrow. But obviously today. Um, because of uh, COVID and things like that, we've had practice, uh, practice cancelled. So it's I've got to I've got to tweak my Tuesday slightly to, to 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 get some exercise in a different way and things like that. But it's 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 coming back to that balance of well, what, it's my opportunity to do things that I like and and to be able to give practical input to other individuals of okay, I've tried this be it meditation, mindfulness, um, looking at sleep in a different way so you can get reclaim some of that time back for yourself, uh, which I think people sometimes don't grasp a hold because it's like, oh, I'm not as important as my husband, my kids. I'm not going to say the men. The men definitely do it, but I maybe take advantage of that. But... For, for the ladies, they they give over some of that. I'm not. I'm going to generalize a little bit. They probably give over that. I need to take care of other people, but who's take care of you? So it's looking at ways in which that you can reclaim some of that me time for you. It could be getting your hair done, getting nails done for the males. You know, going to the barbers, getting their beard shaved. Something that's going to make you feel positively about yourself. And there's that balance. Okay, I li- I work in an industry. <laughs> it's very judgmental. Uh, appearance is very prominent. You know, I got to be well groomed. I got to shave. I've got to be well dressed because that's what people expect. For me, that's okay because hey, I want to look nice. I'm quite photogenic. So these these and that, things. And that's how you set your boundaries. So there's you, you, my you, boundaries. So because those are those are my those are my times to do something that okay you know going to the barbers or going to the hairdressers is no big deal but if you take pride in hey i need to look a certain way and that's my style so to speak (laughs) hey that's a standard then you set and then obviously you set boundaries in terms of if it goes too far to one extreme or the other okay i'm not comfortable with that that needs to maybe teeter back right 
back to the to the middle or maybe I'm being a little bit uh too friendly I need to bring it back a little bit if I'm being maybe a little bit I've got a tendency of and probably I can see probably why not always being empathetic with people it's very robotic answers it's very <laughs> um, straight to the fact uh it's there's no there's nothing held back so sometimes that's not very you if, if i do that so much with you you won't want to come back to the conversation oh james is going to just ask it's going to bombard me with questions now nah, i don't want to deal with that so i've i'm gonna i've taken it upon myself well, okay let's be a little bit more of a human being be a little bit curious inquisitive ask people questions in a different way and they're going to be more responsive. So it's that's that balance that I'm talking about. You're yeah, talking no, about. it definitely is a balance. And learning from learning about yourself and continuing to grow and learning about yourself. How how do you continue to grow uh, for yourself? I think for me, David, it's it's going back to the school days. It's it's. I got to a point where I finished education. I was like, oh, I've, le- I've learned everything. I don't need to know anything more. And that's obviously where you come unstuck because it's like, well, you can learn so much from people, you know, people watching um, and just observing. And, and you're going to learn things very, very quickly. So for me, it hit, it took hitting rock bottom uh, of pretty much everything going unanimously wrong to kind of go, well, you're unhappy. Why? And, and work work my back, work myself back up. I was in a, a a job that, for manners, I hated. I was working in education for a little bit between the business I run now and the previous one, just to pay the bills. And obviously, working in high school as a member of staff is very very hard. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't matter you're not appreciated by the kids obviously some you are and you're not you're not really respected by the hierarchy so for me i'm not gonna say it was totally miserable experience there's there's some things that i probably can take away for the next generation as how to communicate to them and communicate on, on their level but for me it was like well i'm not happy oh, I got very, very anxious and didn't know what... what I, I pretty much had a panic attack at work and I thought I was having a heart attack. And I had to go to hospital. Uh, and after it, it was... When I did eventually go back to work, there's like, well, do you want to go see a counsellor? I'm, I'm in an iron inside my head. Well, if you're going to recommend I do it, obviously, yes, because then anything come back... To if I had to do something I wasn't comfortable, with, I bring it. I bring mental health up mm-hmm. to kind of go. Well, you you advised me to go see a counselor, so obviously it's something that I'm not comfortable. I could use it as I, it's not great to say this, but like as an excuse or a barrier to, to to create. Well, I'm not doing it because of this. It's going to impede on my mental mental well being. You need to get somebody else to do it. But the conversation I had with that 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 counselor was. Uh, I think the initial conversation was James do you want to be get into a state that you can go back to work and go back into that that, that job or do you want to work towards doing something else and I know heart to heart it's like well I don't particularly want to stick around 
in this job because it's slowly killing me. So I was like, well, let's work on obviously getting me ready for the business that I now have four years later. Uh, so I was building my building blocks uh, and doing my night, I'll call it nine to five, not nine to five, it's nine to three really. And a lot of staff would ask me, well, why are you up at six o'clock in the morning? We can see you on Facebook and you, you, you slog. We can't see what you're doing, but you, we can see that you're slogging away. It's like, well, that's my time. That's something that I enjoy between the hours of, it wasn't always six o'clock, but say before I went into to the, to, to, to the school, I'd work on the business to get it, the ball rolling and sure. do the groundwork. So pretty much once that job finished, boom, I hit the ground running as opposed to, a lot of people, you mentioned the perfect time. That's not perfect time. So if I had hit the ground, if I, I think I finished on the 31st of March. If I had started on April Fool's Day and done no work, it would have been an uphill struggle. Whereas I was like, well, I'm going to do, do 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 the market research. I'm going to do try and market myself gradually that people can gain some trust and, and like... It's like what well, we like what you're doing, and then boom! Once I move over, this is this is me now fully in this. I'm gonna see what happens. So for me, that that alone, that journey was mon- mon- monumentous because everything cha- everything that I was doing changed the way that I that I ate, the way that I held myself in the school. Uh, I, I had a particular mem- a student body say a comment to me they said my my sporting career was not a success yeah no. i knew i'd be, i i knew i was back because i i went boom i can't humiliate this kid because i'll be in trouble <laughs> but i need to put him in line because you're not speaking to me like that well it's, I, a, I it's setting speak, those boundaries i i I'd, 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 I'd got that much respect back of myself that i'd lost mm-hmm. not just because of that job but Little by little through retirement, and I'd gone through a phase of like an entitlement of the world owes me everything because of what I'd done in sport. That's far from the truth. I know that now. And I slowly lost myself because I didn't have an identity. It's like, well, I was an athlete. Now I don't see myself as an athlete. I can't get a career going for 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 the love of it. Uh, and you guys obviously have a welfare state and so do we that didn't help me because they made things so easy to oh well you just need to do this i'm not gonna say no if you make it easy (laughs) for me i'm not i'm not gonna challenge it i probably would have done years ago and i would do now and kind of go well this just because i got a disability why are you making life easy and it took probably family kind of going well i'm gonna second james you sitting around the house and pretty much wasting your life away, we've got a problem with it. And that was a wake-up call for me because it's like, mm, you're right, I've got, I, I need to do something about this. And that was the the first inklings of getting into coaching the first time around is, okay, if I can't get a, a position working for somebody else, why don't I go work for myself? And, 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 I, and I, there was no self-doubt, there was no... Um, thinking about the risks, there's no what could go wrong. 
hey, let's do this and we'll see what happens. Obviously, I always tell people don't do that, don't do that without preparation now because that's very. I would say that's probably like borderline uh, lunacy, but obviously it didn't work out. Um, I know what I know now why because I was relying on word of mouth referrals. I don't do that anymore. It's like, hey, if some, you recommend me to somebody else, it'd be wonderful that person signed up. There's no guarantee of it. If he does, hey, I'll brace him with open arms. If they don't, it's not the end of the world. I keep going on as as I've, as I've been doing uh, from a consistent basis anyway. So there's been a lot of learning curves all along that journey um, that I, that I've used to to even if things go wrong, it's a ma- massive reminder of okay. That is the extreme of your business going to the to the wall. You're not going to let that happen, and it, you're going to do. I'm not going to say whatever it takes to to make sure, like lie, steal. Thing. I wouldn't resort to that because I, I this, it doesn't ethically or morally sit with me, and it wouldn't. I'd feel probably sick to my guts with it. But it reminds me of hey, I'm I'm dealing with human beings, dealing with people. They're going to say no. There's going to come a point where they no longer see me as a valuable asset. Hey, that's okay because ultimately there might be a come a time with I don't see things as, as valuable, be it, I don't know, I might make people jump hurdles just because I want to, to come on my podcast or be it, it's been a challenge to get something scheduled in. Okay, is that going to make a big difference? Yes or no? It might be that I have to make a balance and come to some sort of agreement where, okay, the person maybe not have a scheduling app. Right. I don't know what who wouldn't in this day and age, <laughs> but there are people out there. And, hey, who's who's for me to judge that? Because yeah, they don't it's, have a, a, it's also a understanding app. a little bit more about people and and how you do that. I mean, that's you know really what, what you explained to us about your – your rock bottom is, you know, that the Phoenix moment that we talk about and, and rising from it because you started to understand more about yourself and being your most authentic self. And that was really the, the, the part because life is not just a generally black and white. As you've been speaking about things, life is actually a lot more grays than there's not because it's not always, you know, maybe as a parent, it might be a yes, you could do something, no, you can't. But there's also the gray as to why, right? Even that story that you shared earlier about your mom, your mom wanted to help you keep that focus, even though as a teenager, you were like, my friends are my focus. Well, I think it's, and she's been there throughout the, the, the whole journey. It's like, well, if it wasn't for her if we rewind even before that you know going down to the bottom of grandstand to to shout over to get something from a delegation that's a humid for me that's humiliating Mm -hmm. because that's that's me and it's embarrassing but if that if she wasn't willing to do something that was that's much massively out of somebody's comfort zone because it's it's unnatural to 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 want to put yourself front and center and people come, you know, the people probably t- t- stop in their tracks and turn by what's that person doing? Mm-hmm. It's the same. I think my family's always been like that in terms of, uh, my grandmother didn't get to see the finished article, but she was one of those people 
if James wants to do this, hey, let's support her. My mum's, I won't say she's scared of her. I think she was scared of <laughs> the consequences of not having done that. And to, um, I'm not saying my grandmother's like a dragon, but <laughs> it was one of those things where if she hadn't have, you know, laid the breadcrumbs, mm-hmm. th- there's going to be consequences. So I, I think once I'd got close to the Paralympics, I owe my mum a lot. I owe my family a lot. Okay, it's taken probably to my game, competing in London. Uh, my name on the back, well, my family's name on the back of my uh, uh, jersey kind of go, okay, this is us cementing, putting the Roberts on the map. Um, how is it going to be for the next generations that have me all over the internet? I don't know because I, as far as I'm concerned, there might be some negativity out there, but for the majority, it's quite positive and it can be, I had to do a school project years ago as a tenth grader uh, about family history. Mine's I've made I've I've I found the paper a couple of years ago. I've digital digitized that because hey, the piece of paper was ripped and all sorts. Like, well, this is family history. Mine is not going anywhere because the internet's not going anywhere. You can add to that and be it the next generation, the next okay. If they don't want, if they want to be sportsmen or women. That's that's great. If they don't, it's just making them great human beings, and it kind of goes well. This is my my dad, my granddaddy did this in sport. I want to go over in this direction. I want to go into art or something like that, and kind of the 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 sky's the limit. And I I think I was asked this a couple of weeks ago on another podcast about why do you think you became successful as an athlete? It's like, well, I think the genes are a little bit, because my mother was uh, a county-level swimmer over here, so, like, state. My dad played three sports in high school. and My voice doesn't sound like I'm American, but half American. And that's unheard... Well, it doesn't exist anymore. Free free letterman in high school. It doesn't exist. It's because of that obsession of you know there's got to be if you want to succeed you've got to pick one sport and you stick with it so be it basketball american football track da, 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 da. but i think people do miss it because you can learn things from other sports of of, of who, who's to say that person is going to be a success and finish the article yeah, at the end of it are they going to make it to the league the odds are probably not but i'm not trying to blemish people and, and discourage them from their dream but I think it's like less than 1% right. so the likelihood of you succeeding is is the, the odds are, it's almost like it's probably worse than a casino the odds are stacked against you massively but for me I think the the Paralympics is I, I, I say it's easier than, than, than maybe able-bodied sport the, the pool of People is obviously a lot smaller, so the likelihood to to succeed is far greater. But having those individuals that have got your back helps. And be it if it wasn't my mom, if it wasn't my my performance director, it was more like an uncle that had my back to kind of going. Uh, I think the greatest story that I'll, I'll, and I'll bring it up was uh, he he asked me, "Do you want to have physio?" I said, oh, "I don't need it." I'm not asking you. I'm telling you because you got more experience. You, you've you've 
you you've had a I can't remember if it was a practice or a, a, a trial, and obviously I, I I exerted myself. It's like I don't really need it. How old would I be? About nineteen, twenty years old. You know, think he knows it all. <laughs> Person telling me I don't care what you think, James. You're going to have it because then flush out all the toxins and you'd be ready to go again the next day. I definitely know that now at 35. If I don't do things like that, I'm going to feel it. Yeah. Uh, either tomorrow or the next day or the next day. And obviously people 30s, 40s, they, they can relate because like, it, it's not as easy as when you're a teenager and and, and and in your early 20s to recover. So for me, if you don't have those people in your life, it's a little bit more of a uphill battle and... Oh, uh, the, the, I think the best story is he did um, uh, he, he did a bit, a bit of psychological warfare with one of my competitors mm. in front of me. We sat down um, at a table one one day. Uh, it'd been my first year in rowing, and I couldn't believe the person taking it in because it's like some of it was true, some of it wasn't, and I'm like you're so gullible because I would have pushed back because it's like, okay, if James is doing this, 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 prove it. Mm-hmm. If he's, if he's, if he's that good, let's, let's go on the water. We're supposed to have a race. He, he backed down and he was shouting to his coaches. Why am, why am I not getting all the support? I had pretty much, a, um, uh, what's in the United Kingdom, obviously there's England, Wales, Scotland, um, and Northern Ireland. I had a country behind me uh, because he'd sold this vision of uh, James going to the Paralympics uh, and that governing body. It's like, well, what do we need? Well, let's, let's throw the kitchen sink at it. Whatever he needs is his. So, um, and I still keep in touch to the to this day, but training one-to-one, all I had to do was travel like a, an hour each way, but one-to-one coaching twice a day. Um, and obviously this other person is like, well, why am I, it's kind of, you can see like city for folks are very intimidated, but because he was like London, in London based, like, well, why am I, why am I not getting this? It's like, well, because the support I've got and to give some context, Disability Sport Wales is like the envy of the rest of the island. Mm-hmm. The 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 family that he's that they've created is. It doesn't matter if the athletes in a different sport. We're like family. We keep in we keep in touch. And we this- ask each other, and you kind of feed off each other. It's like, well, uh, there's one. Uh, he competed at six games in just gone in in Beijing um, this year, and I was chatting to him. Last year, could come out of retirement. It's like, what was the what was the pull to come back? He asked me, would I come out of retirement? I was like, no, no, I'm quite happy. I'm quite happy being retired and watching. Now, maybe five, maybe a couple of years ago, he might have got me. It's like, I know the hard work that goes into it. I'm quite happy watching now, and being the 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 armchair critic if, <laughs> if you don't do something right and kind of go okay you could maybe done this right and they'll probably take that for face okay maybe you're right maybe you're wrong james and him in particular he'd competed in uh i th- i thought it was his fifth or his fourth when i asked him but if it'd been his sixth 
he I know he competed in Turin in 2006 in, in the Winter Games and that's enough to be around somebody that's been is like well you've been there why can't I do it and it's very much a, a family of support of they, they big each other up so once you make the the, the, the national the, the national national team the Paralympics GB you already know a lot of people anyway be it Beijing, I think the team was a bit smaller, but probably at least 10 of us. Yeah, well, I guess that's the important part is surrounding yourself. So, like, you know, as being a coach now is is you got to keep learning, as we were talking earlier, and also surrounding yourself with people who are going to push you, motivate you, get your back when, when you need to have your back gotten, and that's really important. Uh so what do you do now? Uh, besides, well, we'll tie up the the episode uh, coming coming up. So what what are some gems uh, that you'd love to leave with us? Because you've given us a lot of motivational, uh, not giving up, and how to keep pushing yourself. What are some gems that you'd like to leave with us? I think it's never being content with what you've got because you can, like you, like you've mentioned, you can always learn. It, it's looking at avenues of maybe giving yourself an additional point of view because that's what debate is all about is one person's got one opinion somebody else got another you might come up with a third solution and that might be more congruent with you so it's looking at ways in which you can always learn it doesn't have to be a book it doesn't have to be um you could say podcast. I've I I bashed myself with it, and nobody actually challenged it. But I did a uh, a Facebook live a couple of weeks ago, as you know, utilizing uh, improving willpower without the normal motivator. So I I bashed podcast, I bashed YouTube, I bashed books, and the example I used podcast. But nobody challenged it. I was like, well, you could have done because that's very. Um, oh, hypocritical but my point was as it, 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 it it's not always has to be an external motivator it's got to you've got to find it in with yourself to to find that that trigger or or the fire within you that's going to push you through hardship as what what's the internal uh, motivator it's very difficult to find um the book um Oh, what's it called? It's James Clear's book, and the f- the first chapter looks about it talks about happiness. Yep. But you can't use an external trigger. Right. I've uh, still not I've still not answered that, but I'm happy with with. It's like, well, okay, it can't be this, it can't be that, but hey, the external things don't dictate my happiness anymore. So it's 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 finding the one thing that you're passionate about i know people will talk about you know why purpose mm-hmm. the, to me they're like woo woo words they don't mean anything. it's like well it, it just makes people overwhelmed because it's like well what is my purpose what it what what is my reason why but if i make it as to what you love what makes you happy that's a little bit easier to be able to conceptualize and to be able to take from because like well your your passion might be podcasting your passion might be walking could be hiking dancing it's what makes you happy and obviously you're gonna do it on a consistently basis because it's like well i'm not doing it because it's exercise i'm not doing it because i go to speak to other individuals i'm not doing it because 
this, that, or the other. I'm learning from these experiences. Obviously, podcasting is easy because you're having conversations with people. So you're going to learn something from somebody. doesn't matter how small or how big. If somebody says something impactful, you're going to go away and maybe analyze it as to what what does that what does James mean by that how does it mean to me you might implement it as okay that's made such an impact on me or let's run with that so it's it's coming back to you know the passion and and, and what makes you happy no thank you that that was excellent and uh, thank you so much for your time and uh, we'll put in the links uh, all the ways to contact you. But could you just uh, tell us some, some ways to contact you? Uh, we heard Facebook and Instagram. Uh, how about anything else? Uh, you, can, you can find me by my website, jamesowenroberts.com. All my social media handles are the same, so I've made it as easy. Obviously, easier for me because then it's just, taking, just changing certain prefixes, but... They've all got a meaning to me, so but it makes it easier for everybody else. Okay, Facebook is this, Instagram is that. They're all the same across the board. Okay, awesome. And you know, really, what you were saying is really, you know, finding that peace and love in your life is really important. Uh, it's that sort of that purpose. But if you don't take the action, that's the really part about podcasting or anything else. Is if you don't take the action, bring that bat, knowing your non-negotiables, knowing your boundaries, but taking that swing. And making sure you hit that sweet spot and hit it out of the park. So thank you so much, James, for today's talk and giving us so much knowledge. And everybody else, find that peace and love in your life and make sure you hit your sweet spot. Thank you. I'm really glad that you're enjoying our show. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios. Executive produced by David Chemetsky and George Andriopoulos. Music selections by James Grant, Zach Nelson, and James Gaither, and licensed through Storyblock. Sound effects and sponsorship music licensed through Epidemic Sound. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is hosted with Podbean. Subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share with all of your friends. Follow us on Facebook at Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Follow me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. You can find all those links and more info at davidchemetsky.com. For show ideas, feedback, guest inquiries, or just a chat, reach out to me at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. For sponsorship and media inquiries, reach out to peacelovebringabat at lp516.com. Make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Today's journey has come to a close, my friends. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember that peace and love surrounds you and will assist you to rise again. But don't forget to bring it back for what you believe in. Namaste. Namaste.